Securities offered through Kester Investment Services, LLC, Kestra IS, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC, Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Capital Advisory Group, Inc. is not affiliated with Kestra IS or Kestra AS. Neither Kestra IS nor Kestra AS provide legal or tax advice and are not certified public accounting firms. work hard for your money. For the next hour, you're going to learn how to keep what's yours. Capital Advisory Group presents Keep What's Yours. Here is Josh Gilbert and Jeff Sufall. Hello and welcome to Keep What's Yours, the tax show here on the Big 550 KTRS with Jeff Zufall. I'm Josh Gilbert sitting here with Jeff Zufall. He is the Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group. Hey, Jeff. Happy Saturday. And we are headed right into the new year careening right down. There's no other way out of it. Can't avoid <laughs> Like an it. avalanche. <laughs> yes. It's it's already begun. Yes. Uh, so we are here. It's yes. it's time. If you haven't, you know, maxed out your contributions, it's too bad. Pretty much your, it's other than an IRA contribution. That's the only thing that you'll be able to do going forward. So there are things that we've been telling people to do at the end of the year yes. and giving people – Ideas of way to max out their contributions, uh, do this, try to sell off some stocks so you can do uh, capital losses to yes. offset your capital gains and all that stuff. But again, I mean, it's it's December 31st. Time's up. Time's up. <laughs> right? You know, yeah, is, right. is the IRA – like what if I went home, rushed home and got a bunch of paperwork together and was doing things? Is the IRS like saying, you know, okay, TikTok. TikTok is, yes. Um, Cut off really is tonight when that yes, ball drops in midnight. New York City. Yeah. Boom. Midnight is you're pretty much done. Okay. Um, other than an IRA, an IRA goes with you to your actual filing of the tax return. That's the only good part. So if you're doing an individual IRA, um, you have up to filing of your tax return. Pretty much everything else has to be done. Well, it should have been done last week. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you could have talked to Jeff about all of this within the last couple of months. That's what we've been imploring you yes. to do. Uh, but, again, if you've missed out, well, you might have just missed out. Yes. And now, Monday starts fresh. Everything starts over nother, again. And I won't say you have a whole other year to get it done, but you got a whole other year to get it done. Right. And you can give Jeff a call at any point if you have any tax issues, if you have any tax concerns. If you have listened to the show and you hear us say that the tax code, yes, it's written to benefit rich and wealthy people and corporations. but It, it is. It's also written <laughs> with a couple of things in there to benefit you and me. And there's some new junk being tossed in there for us, not for corporations, but for us. But for us. <laughs> and we can talk about that a little bit later today. Yes. So if you're a small business owner and you say, hey, I want to see if I can do a couple more things to save on my tax bill every year. If you're a person, an individual, married, filing jointly, and you say, there's got to be some things out there. You know, I've got kids in school. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've got a side hustle going on. There's got to be something in there yes. that I can do. Jeff, you know, we can almost guarantee if you're not doing anything. Yes. We can almost there's guarantee something we could do for you. There's something <laughs> out there that you can do to minimize your tax burden. Yes. Every year. And, you know, there's things that we can do to minimize our tax burden every paycheck. Yes. And we always try to tell people that taxes aren't just a once a year thing. Yes. April 15th, you know, we do that. But every time we get a paycheck, there's something we can do to help offset. We've got defer. tax. Yeah. yeah. They take taxes out. Yeah. So what are you doing? If you aren't doing anything, call Jeff immediately, 636-394-5524. And there are things that when we come in to visit you to do our taxes, which is just around the corner, you yes. know, the, <laughs> the W-2s are going to be coming out. Yes. And, you know, late January we'll get them. We'll start getting our, you know – E-Trade account, 1099s. We'll Probably start getting mid-February, mid you'll February. start getting your 1099s. You always say don't do your taxes too early. Yes. Most of the 1099s that they send out um, will be preliminary, um, and it'll say it's slapped across the top, um, and which that's a code for we may make some adjustments. So if you do your return and we file it, you have to turn around and amend it. Yes, so, which is something we no don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And with the IRS, the way they're backed up these days, you do not want to do it. You want to be able to file online. E-file online, no questions asked, goes in, comes right back out. And this is the way, you know, after talking to you for a couple of years, this is the way that I understand 
the tax system in this country, <laughs> as, as goofy as it may be. It's pretty the, goofy. <laughs> the government knows what you owe them. In a roundabout way. In a roundabout way. The government knows and they send you, you know, all this information and they say, all right, now you tell us what you owe what us. You owe us. <laughs> and they sit down and they try to match the two numbers. Exactly. Just to keep you honest. Yeah. They don't say, here, this is what you owe. Yeah. Even though they probably could. And if and if it is wrong, say that you missed a 1099. Um, typically what they do is they'll send a notice. The notice says, hey, uh, you reported zero. Other people reported this. It's because every time that they generate a W-2, 1099s, the dreaded 1099-Ks, um, all that, there's a master copy that goes to the IRS, and then they send you your copy. So the IRS has the answers to the test. They just don't know how it really applies to your personal situation. Sure. Well, that, so, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. It's, it's at least uh, not as uh, nefarious yes. as I'm making it out to be. <laughs> no, it is because uh, the stimulus checks of the past, they knew what they sent us. If it was not right on your tax return, they'd slap your hand and say, nope, sorry. Yeah. Uh, you failed the test. Yeah, you failed the test. We're not going to pay you your refund. We're going to give you $1,000 less. It's like the gov- the IRS, yeah. the government saying, did you get a <laughs> stimulus check? <laughs> yes. And we're supposed to answer and they say, ah, yeah. gotcha. Gotcha. You know, it's like, just tell me. You yeah. know that I got a stimulus check. Just exactly. tell me. Remind me to put it on there. Exactly. Um, so if I hire, uh, you know. Here I am. I, I own a, a condo. I'm, I'm going to talk incredibly specifically to my situation. <laughs> own a condo down in Gulf Shores, and we hire someone to come over and uh, do some work. Yes. You know, fix up the kitchen or something. I take that out of, you know, our, our separate account, and I want to say, Jeff, you know, we did some, some home improvements on the, the Gulf Shores condo. I want to kind of uh, write this off of my taxes. Um I have to submit a 1099 so I can write it off, but that triggers that that work exactly. person reports it has to report it as well. Even if I, you know, I, I pay him cash and he thinks he's walking off scot free, exactly. he's going to get a 1099. Exactly, and the government's going to say, okay, you know, you got paid in cash, but you know, there's a 1099. Someone's showing. reporting yep. this exactly, so that work person has to report it as well. Exactly, and he's probably not too happy with me. No, but I want to, you know, I want to get my tax break. But well, that legally, if you pay him, you should. Issue and legally, him. yes. Yeah. Okay, I forgot about that part. <laughs> the biggest remember part, the the fine twenty bucks on the ground. You go, ooh, yes. you should report it. Yeah, I mean, legal. Jeff has said this before. <laughs> legally speaking, if you find twenty dollars on the ground, you have to report. So you should that. report it. That's it's a it's a joke. Most people will laugh at that, but. That's, and that counts as income. It's income. So my yeah. income tax, that 20 bucks I found in those pant pockets. That's right. Uh, when I was trying on pants at Nordstrom, that's I right. got to declare that. You should declare it. <laughs> Theoretically. If you wanted to be completely and totally legal. And totally legal. Most people will go, oh, it's cash, and you're stick it in your other pocket and walk away. <laughs> right. So the idea is that everything that you do, and they're getting pretty Pretty attempting to um, pretty specific with yeah. this. You know, yeah. we're going to talk later in the show the 1099k uh, tax event, six hundred dollars or more. Mm-hmm. We've heard this on just about every talk show in the yep. country. <laughs> Everyone's saying, you know, every micro transaction I make is now being logged by be, the government. Yeah. But it was supposed to be in the first place. Exactly. We just <laughs> haven't really been that honest about it. Yeah. Just because it's you know small. Small dollar amounts, we think, yeah, the exactly, and, care and about it's that. what they're with the IRS. Not not to take their side, but what they're looking at is, hey, there's a ton of people that are out there doing, you know, side work that would have been paid through, you know, PayPal and so on and so forth. They don't ever report that, and we now, we miss it, and well, they miss it or they just ignore it, right? And the so, government's missing out on that on the on tax, those tax dollars. dollars, yeah. So they're gonna come after us in a sense. So. so if I, you know, hire that work guy and I pay him through Venmo, yep. um, Venmo is going to now have to kick off uh, a, a... Technically. Yeah. At least say, <laughs> ding, ding, there was something that happened. Yeah. And then I'm exactly. going to have to explain that at some point yeah. on my taxes. So we'll talk about that in just a second. But the idea is that there's a lot of tax things that are going on in our lives every single day, especially every two weeks when we get a paycheck, Yes. every year when we pay our taxes on April 15th, but every quarter even. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's times where you say, uh, if if we're a client, I am a client of yours, you say, come and see me every three months. Yeah. 
And let's just make sure that you're still on the up and up. Your exactly. withholdings are, are correct. Everything is – or send it over. We have a digital vault. Take it, upload it, send it to us. We'll review it, make sure you're okay, give you a green light or go, oh, my gosh, you know, you got to yeah. do this or that or adjust it going forward. So. And you specialize in small businesses. So yes. if you're a small business, every day – there's you need an to be, issue. <laughs> you need to be real conscious of what's coming in and what's going out. Yes. But if you're um, doing a side hustle or you're doing the gig economy, exactly. every quarter you have to declare. Yes. Technically, you have to do, pay your taxes. Do a, a mini calculation, know whether you're in the profit. If you are profitable, then make an estimated payment going forward. And the way that I understand that is the government um, is kind of saying you're in the gig economy. Uh, it's harder for us to kind of keep tabs on what you're doing. The last thing the government wants is for an Uber driver at the end of the year to realize that their tax bill is $10,000 because they haven't been contributing. That and the IRS wants you – it's pay as you go basically. As the pay concept. as you go, yeah. So anybody that's a W-2 employee, you get paid weekly, biweekly, maybe monthly. Taxes are taken out. Automatically. Yeah. Automatically and forwarded to the IRS. Same concept holds true for the gig economy or self-employed. As you go forward, if you're in a positive mode or you're making money, you should be kicking off some money back to the IRS and state and federal taxes. And so. you know, it's it's it, I think it's better that way because yeah. I'm I'm a complete exactly. mess when it comes yeah. to paperwork and taxes. Yeah, that's why I've got you exactly. <laughs> but if I was kind of doing gig economy and stuff, and it was something I had to keep track of, I'd rather pay in every three months and kind of be done with it exactly. rather than have to worry about the whole 12 months well, and, and, and also go back that far. They'll hit you for failure to make proper it estimated late, payments. Right. And then if you owe more than 1000 bucks, it hits you for uh, underpayment penalties. Underpayment so penalties. So it's a tax on top of a tax. Tax on tax on tax. Yep. So you got to pay it. Or the, you got to pay your taxes or they'll, they'll give you a penalty, which yep. is a bigger tax. And exactly. It's just, it's just something that you have to do. Now, we want to answer a couple of uh, questions yes. that, that you get all the time. Yes. And we, we'll, we'll do that. Let's go to commercial break. Okay. We'll do that when we come back. These are popular questions that Jeff gets all the time, whether it's from individual filers yes. or his small business customers. Uh, these are the popular questions that we can answer for you right here. It is, Keep what's yours with Jeff Zufall. The idea is that everybody has to pay taxes, mm -hmm. but maybe we're paying more than we technically, exactly. according to the tax code, have to. Have to. Legally obligated to. <laughs> so how can I take advantage of the tax code and use it to my benefit? Well, I could either read the tax code. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> boring. And figure it out what it says. I could read it, Jeff, but figuring out what it actually says. It depends on what book you're reading. Some of them are very, very dry. And then, okay, the idea is there. Oh, if I have, you know, a kid in school, I can put money away pre-tax and pay for the school with the pre-tax money. How do I actually implement yeah, that? to put it in play. And have it come out of my paycheck every two weeks. Mm -hmm. Putting it in play is also part of the whole bag, and exactly. I don't know how to do any of it. So yeah. that's what Jeff <laughs> is here for, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group, 636-394-5524. To reiterate again, if you're not doing anything when it comes to taxes or tax mitigation or you have no strategy, there are things in the tax code that pertain to you. Yes. And you could be taking advantage of them today. Yes. Not just because it's the end of the year, not just because we get a fresh start next week with, uh, you know, 2023, but wait, what year is it? Boy, 2022. Yeah, I'm getting lost. <laughs> it 2023. will be 2023. Yes. Every time you get paid. Every two weeks, you get a paycheck, or maybe you get paid weekly, or maybe yeah. you get paid monthly. Every time you get a paycheck, there are things that you can be doing yes. to keep a little bit more money in your pocket on your paycheck and less going out to the federal government. 636-394-5524. Keep what's yours with Jeff Zufall. We'll be back right after this talking popular questions that Jeff always gets asked. Keep what's yours continues with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Back on the Big 550, back to keep what's yours with Jeff Zufall. He is the senior tax strategist and wealth advisor with Capital Advisory Group. What are you doing when it comes to your retirement? What are you doing every time you get a paycheck? Have you implemented any uh, tax strategies to yes. help you keep more of your money? If not, Jeff's here for you, and he can tell you a couple of things. And when we come and see you, it's a, a free consultation. We sit yes. down. 
Uh, I bring in uh, a couple of paycheck stubs. Mm-hmm. I bring in my taxes from right. last year. Two years tax returns. Two years uh, ago. Brokerage statements, anything, you know, bank accounts, anything that's uh, important from a financial standpoint. And at this point, you can probably just eyeball a couple of my things and just say, well, this isn't, you're not doing enough here. You're not doing enough over here. And your withholdings are way too low. Mm -hmm. You know, the last thing, I'd rather get taxed every paycheck rather than, and maybe get a, a tax return. Yeah. Rather than at the end of the year, they come and say, hey, you owe us five grand. Yeah, and you got to write a big fat check. (laughs) I don't want to do that. Yeah. So make sure that your withholdings are on the up and up. Here are some popular questions you always get. Jeff, if I'm working from home, it's the pandemic. Yeah. If I work from home quite a bit, can I get some sort of tax deduction for working from home? And that is a big fat no. No. Unless. So basically, here's the thing, and they've never addressed this. But more than 10% of the workforce works from home. Um, they work remote. Um, they're sitting at their house. Your employer may pay for your Internet or, you know, maybe you know, something of that effect. But you cannot deduct anything in your home office. The only way you get to do that is if you own a small business. And then there's two ways to do that. And basically one of them is if, you know, it's a simple method to get 5 bucks a square foot. But the office has to be dedicated to your business. You can't have another location. Um, but you get to take that deduction up to 1500 bucks a year. So you go, oh. The other one is where you take total square footage of your house, total square footage of your office. So let's just say 1,000-square-foot house, 100-square-foot office, that's 10%. You then take 10% of all your utilities, your insurance, your mortgage insurance, if or mortgage interest, if you don't write it off Schedule A. Most people don't. Uh, can't double dip, um, and you add all that stuff up. The, one of the big problems with that is depreciation also comes into play, which means a percent of your depreciation on your house comes over and hits that. When you go the, to hits the the little home office exactly, in the that corner, you're taking this great deduction. It looks right. great on paper, but when you sell your house, guess what? You actually decreased the basis of ten percent of your depreciation exactly. goes away. Yeah. So well, isn't it? Well, I mean that fair is fair, well, right? But it could be recaptured when you sell it. So that's what you got to be careful when you do that calculation. It's a great deduction to take year in year out, as long as you are aware that ten years down the road or fifteen years down the road, you've depreciated the basis of that house down. So say that I work from home quite a bit, but I have a physical office at my place of business still can't i don't get to declare still can't my home office unless you were josh gilbert inc and you work exclusively from the house from the house and you're self-employed then yes you can deduct but if you come to ktrs you can't take it right off for your home uh you know the carney home studio where he's he's, (laughs) he's been working all week because uh they got a rash of covid in the house he doesn't get to declare that can't can't take that deduction okay so So. that i mean and it makes sense you know i I think that when we talk taxes a lot of the time it is kind of us versus them here exactly here's the name of your book keep what's yours how to leverage the new tax law to create unfair advantage over your competition who's your competition in this case it's the IRS. IRS. <laughs> you know, it's the federal government. It's your state yes. government. Um, you're kind of, it's, it's, it's either my money or theirs, yeah. and I'd rather keep as much of mine. But when you play this game, fair is fair. Yeah. You know, if they're going to let you have a tax write-off for your home office, they're going to also take depreciation of your exactly. house from that take, home kind of, office. Taking a deduction for it. So it, it's kind of one yeah. of those. Hey, that, that 10% isn't your house. Exactly. That's your office. Yep, exactly. So, so it's kind of. But everybody's like, there's more and more people that are working remote. They don't ever go into an office. Or maybe once a week they have to show up, you know, on a Tuesday or a Thursday or whatever so the boss knows they're still alive. Um, but, again, they cannot take that deduction anymore. And it contract has, employees? Uh, contract employees, if they're paid as a subcontractor, yes. If yeah. they're paid by W-2, no. No. Okay. So that's, that's one of the big – everybody's like, hey, I work from home. I want to write off all this stuff. Or I used to, you could, prior to 2019, you got allocated a certain amount that was subject to, you know, 2% miscellaneous, 
went on a Schedule A. Um, but you can't just say, hey, I'm going to take the home office deduction because that's where I, I live during the day. You know, you've told me before about uh, cars, uh, you know, um, work cars. Mm-hmm. That they have to be used for work business only. Yes. You can't just on the weekends decide to drive it up to Chicago yeah, and to save on mileage. Exactly. Um, when I have a home office at five o'clock, if the kids come in and start playing with their trucks in there, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> am I going to have to declare that? You know, oh, it's no longer home office. Not it's, home office. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just it's it's funky. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the day, every time we talk taxes. You want to say that your competition is the IRS, and you want to say, oh, big bad IRS, they're taking my money. They have put things in the tax code. Put the rules out there as long as you abide by them. To benefit us. And as long as we abide by them, we can take those tax deductions. We can take those tax-deferred payments. We can make those investments and all that stuff. But you just have to follow the tax code. They're not necessarily out to get us. Frankly, the IRS doesn't know who I am. They just know me by my social security exactly. number. And as long as everything's good, they, they don't, don't know care. who you are. <laughs> yeah, they don't care. They'll happily yeah. forget me. Yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's, we do say it's our competition. We do think of them as, as evil because they do take our yes. money. Yes, well, I do. I, believe me, they do. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, it, we're just a number on a piece of paper to them. Yes. And as long as we're playing by the rules, we can, we can do exactly. a home office if we're – Exactly. If, if, if we fall into that category, into yes. that category, um, how about this one? Twenty twenty, self-employed, uh, and I started deferring my Social Security portion yes. of my payments. So this goes way back to COVID in twenty twenty. You had the ability, if you're self-employed, to set aside part of your Social Security. Um, so when you explained this to me years ago, it uh, it blew my mind. You know, I'm forty one years old. And I had no idea how this works. I get a paycheck. I contribute to Social Security. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, my employer matches that same 6.2%. Mr. Dorsey is kicking in that on the other side yes. as well. I had no idea. Yeah. So, you know, you know uh, this Christmas, I wrote him a thank you for contributing to my Social Security <laughs> every year. Um, but that's how employee employers work. Exactly. No matter where you're at, you get a uh-huh. W-2, your employer matches your Social Security. Matches those two boxes, the Social Security box and, and, the, and, and the Medicare box. The Medicare box. When I am self-employed, mm-hmm. I am paying both sides. The portion for the employee uh-huh. and the portion for the employer. So if it's 6.5% as an employee. 6.2 Social Security, 1.45 Medicare. I got to pay that on this side because I'm an employee, yep. but I'm also the employer as well. I got to kick in both sides. Yeah. Comes out to be 15.3%. In 2020, when the pandemic hit, they knew that we, you know, they started just giving us cash. They started with the PPP loans. They yeah. they wanted to float us through this pandemic to make sure that if we had a business, we still had one. When it was over. When exactly. it was over. So they allowed us, if I was self-employed. To defer the employer side. Exactly. Of you the could defer a certain percent of the employer side, but what they did was they stretched it out over three years. I have so, to pay it back. Yeah. A third was paid on your tax return in 2020. Even though you declared, say, that it was 30000 10000 was paid on your 2020 tax return, Ten was on 2021, and 10000 will be on 2022. So just those, keep that in mind. Exactly. Those payments are due December 31st. So if you fall into this category, the IRS sent you a notice uh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and it said, hey, you know, you still have hey, remember this, this thing? deferred uh, Social Security tax out there, you know, and it's due December 31st. Um, and typically this is what really throws everybody for a loop is they send – so if you file married filing jointly in 2020, they will mail out two, one to you, one to your spouse mm-hmm. for the same dollar amount. And everybody's like, man – it's the combination of the two. No, it's whatever is on the. the so if it sends a thousand dollars to Josh and it sends a thousand dollars to your wife, it's really a thousand dollars. It's just a thousand dollars. So they're telling telling us both, sending us exactly. both a letter. Just because they don't know, maybe you got separated, maybe you got a divorce. Who was the rightful owner of that tax due? But they're just notifying both of you. Well, so, that's very confusing. Very. So people are like, "Oh my gosh, how'd this get that high?" And it's like, no, it's. <laughs> what's on that sheet is, is the what total you're deferring. Yes. for both of us, even yeah. though they've written us two separate letters. Exactly. 
Well, that I mean, that's very confusing. But again, that's why Jeff is here. That's why I have you exactly at the ready, uh, just through the radio show. But also, uh, full disclosure, you are my tax guy. Yes. So if I get a letter like this, my wife's going to start flipping out because mm-hmm. she's uh, she's very reactionary. Yeah. Some when people, it comes to letters from the government. And again, if you get a letter from the IRS, if you get a letter from the state of Missouri, don't panic. Mm-hmm. Typically, some are informational. Um, some actually say, hey, we're adjusting your return. You can agree or disagree with it. It doesn't mean it's a tax due. If you get a notice that says, hey, we adjusted your return and this is your tax due, yes, you know, address it. But most people, they get those letters, um, they either go into panic mode or they go to the exact opposite. They throw it in a drawer and don't worry about it. Yeah, um, that's what I would do. And and. Don't do that, whatever you do, but address it. Sometimes it's just a matter of explaining, hey, this is where we're at. This is what we did. The IRS says, hey, great. It takes a while, too. So don't think that you're going to send a letter into the IRS. And two weeks later, they're going to get a magical response. Two months on the on a good side, maybe six months on average is the response. So a lot yeah. of people don't realize that's how backed up they were. And it was a lot worse a year ago. So. And it's one of those things where we always say, don't bury your head in the sand when it comes to either paying your taxes or, oh, I don't have the money. What am I going to do? You can set up payment plans and and they won't ding you too bad. Don't bury your head in the sand. Don't put those papers in a drawer. Address them because they're never going to go away. No, they won't. And some people will say, oh, it's a statute of limitation and the late night commercials – uh, you know, you see the guy, I settle my IRS debt for $5. And, yeah. Eh, not really. Not really. <laughs> Maybe it's... one out of a million are going to fall in that category. But most people are, they're going to say, hey, you could figure out a way to pay us, sell an asset, whatever the case might be, but pay us. It's not going to go away. And the longer you ignore it, the higher Worse the penalties. It gets. Yeah. I mean, it just, and again, the other side of that equation is like we used to say, hey, if if interest rates were 2% a quarter, or 2.2% a quarter like they used to be, um, you know, could you swing it for 90 days and do something else with that money, make a better rate of return to then pay it off, you know, maybe a, six months down the road? Today's environment, you can't. I think it's 5.5% on a quarterly basis. And we'll probably keep going up. That's, as the, they, that's the hit. That's the hit. That the that's IRS the will charge you. Penalty interest, or the interest, I should say, not the penalty, sorry. Um, that they charge you 5.5 on a quarterly calendar quarter basis going forward. Well, if you can't afford the $10,000 tax bill, you certainly aren't going to be able to afford the $10,500 exactly. tax bill. So <laughs> it's going to climb yeah. quick. Don't so, let it keep climbing. Yeah, so the old trick on, oh, I can do better with this and I'll just pay the piper at a later date. Yeah, 2%, okay, but not at 5 Not you, anymore. You, just, you can't do that anymore. So let's go back to the people who um, deferred their Social Security I pay in as an employee my share of the Social Security. That's six point two percent. If I was self-employed, I'd have to kick in both. It'd be twelve and a half percent both sides. Uh, during the pandemic, I want to save a little bit of money. I defer the employer side a portion of it, a not all of it, of because it. it went from March, March of twenty twenty to December thirty first of twenty twenty. But they want you to pay that back, and they're giving yes. you three years to pay that back. Here, yeah. I'll tell you a little story. Uh, we have a Gulf Shores condo. And we rent it out. It's kind of like, uh, you know, an investment property for Mm us. And um, when the pandemic hit, they said I could defer my mortgage payments. Yes. But after the three or four months of deferral, I have to pay it in full. Yeah. I wasn't (laughs) able to stretch it out over three years and do a payment plan. And, you know, I I huddled together with, uh, you know, we own it with my parents. I got together with my mom and my wife. And I said, look, we can still pay this mortgage. Yeah. Every month, there's no reason for us to defer it uh, because we're going to have to owe that money in one big lump sum. Exactly. Anyway, so let's just keep paying our mortgage. So we didn't yeah. take advantage of of whatever that is that they offered to us. But have you seen you do a lot of work with self employed and small businesses? Have you seen people deferring that yes. that portion of their yeah? Because the theory is, is what could you do with that money? And it might be five grand a year. What else could you do as a small business owner with that five grand? Because there's no, there's no interest on it, yeah. and then there's no penalties on it. Oh, okay. So it's just a clean dollar amount. If you deferred five grand, oh, I'm paying it back over three years with no interest. Exactly. So if it was fifteen thousand dollars, you'd pay back five over three years. 
No interest, no penalties. And maybe that $15,000 helped me get through the pandemic. What are You were able to buy a piece of equipment, buy more machinery, pay payroll, it's whatever a, the case a no may be. No interest loan. Yeah. It's, all, the it's the only time that you will get a no interest loan from the government. Yeah. Um, but you got to pay it back in three years. Yeah. It has to be paid back. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, if if they're offering that, then Take it a lot of people- We, we did it yeah. for a ton of self-employed people, and, and people would forget about it. And they're like, I got this bill from the IRS. What in the world do I owe yeah. this money for? Hey, remember when we- And I said, remember in 2020, the world was coming to an end. We were able to set some money aside. We deferred we our less Social tax. Security. Yeah. So- At the Time to come pay so the So last payment is- uh, Today. <laughs> oh, okay, great. So, <laughs> so it's been, has it been three years it's already? It's three years. The third and 20, 21, 22. How so, about that? Yeah. Uh, and then estimated payments are coming up. These are for the people working in the gig economy. These yeah. are the people. Anybody who actually owes a little tax, employees. contract, anybody that uses uh, estimated payment uh, January 17th. It's a Tuesday, I believe. The 16th is Martin Luther King Day. Um, so you get a reprieve of one day. So it's the 17th is when they're due. That's the fourth quarter estimates. If you're self-employed and you're scratching your head going, hmm, do I owe tax? Um, you need to kind of put a little profit loss together, see where you fall for the year, and make this payment, if needed, on the 17th. All right. It's coming up. It's do right not around the corner. hide your head in the sand. Do, do not delay. Do not put <laughs> these things off because not only will they hit you with a late penalty fee if you don't pay enough. Exactly. You get underpayment penalties, failure to make proper estimated payments. So that's kind of another slap on the hand. That might be a punch in the face, not a slap on the hand, because they're like, hey, you owe us money. You should have paid more in estimated payments. So we're going to ding you for two fifty five hundred. dollars Yeah. Uh, which is a tax on top of a tax. So do it and do it right. Yes. Because if you don't do it right, get it within the, in the ballpark of a thousand dollars. Less than a thousand dollars difference. Yeah. Uh, and if you need help with it, always give Jeff a call. Exactly. 636-394-5524. Keep what's yours is the radio show. Keep what's yours is the book that Jeff wrote, and he is the senior tax strategist and wealth advisor with Capital Advisory Group. Have Jeff on your side in your corner. To make sure you avoid taxes on top of taxes, avoid any taxes that we don't necessarily have to pay, yes, and be able to kind of squirrel away. This is what we're doing for our son's school. Squirrel away some money tax-free, and we pay the school with the tax-free money, yeah. effectively saving about 24%. That's what yeah. our tax bracket that's, is. Yeah, that's what you're, you're trying to do. Exactly. When it all adds up at the end of the year, we squirreled away five grand. Twenty-four percent of five grand is twelve hundred bucks. Exactly, we kept twelve hundred bucks in our pocket. In your pocket, rather than going to the federal government. Exactly, and that's nothing to sniff at. That is, you know, going to help us get to Disney. Exactly, this summer. So, you know, that's that's kind of the things. If you're not taking advantage of any of this stuff, then you're probably leaving money on the table. On the table, or yes. actually, the the worst thing is you're probably sending money to the sending federal it to government. the feds. You're not leaving on the table. Yeah, <laughs> they're scooping up anything on the table. Yeah, <laughs> you're sending it to the federal government, and they're doing Lord knows what with mm-hmm. it. You know, they're roads and bridges. Hey, I'm fine with that. Exactly. But if they fix yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> the the six hundred dollar toilet seat. The, yeah. $1,200 hammer, yep. okay? That's the stuff that I, I don't, wanna don't want to be yes. contributing towards. Yes. So it is, uh, it's, it's a game that we play, and the federal government has written the tax code, and there's certain things in there that actually benefit us, believe yes. it or not. So have Jeff take a look at your tax situation, and maybe he can find you a couple of ways to keep more of your money. 636-394-5524. We'll go to commercial break. And when we come back, more of Keep What's Yours on the Big 550 KTRS. Keep What's Yours continues with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Back on the Big 550 KTRS, back to Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group. Here's the phone number, 636-394-5524. Jeff, we say every week, we talk about it during the week. Jennifer Blom talks about you. I talk about you. The idea is that you pay taxes. I pay. Everybody pays taxes. Yes, yeah, pretty much. But do we know what's in the tax code? Did we realize that there are certain things written in the tax code that we can be taking advantage of? Most people do not realize the the little tidbits that are out there that you could use to your advantage. Yeah, and and let's be honest. You know, um, 
who who's your uh, representative? And you're probably Ann Wagner. Ann, Ann Wagner. Ann Wagner. Yes. Um, you know, I was Corey Bush for a while, and then we moved out to St. Charles. I think it's Blaine Lukemeyer now mm-hmm. is my is my yeah. representative in Congress. Even those people probably have no idea what they voted on. Uh, so, that's in the yeah. tax code. <laughs> the aides probably. They wrote, poured over it exactly. They gave you know Ann and Blaine and Corey kind of the, the hey green light do it or you yeah know, this you got to do or, it because of your party right. lines and so on and so forth. So um, they probably even have tax people that say hey what's yes. in this tax code that I passed the yeah. other day? <laughs> what, what is it? Yeah, what's in there? So, but so that's the funny part is this uh, basically consolidated appropriations act of 2023. It's 4,155 pages long. This is the um, $1.7 trillion dollar budget that will get us not through next year, but just through September. Through this year. Yeah, three yeah. quarters of this year. Yeah. Or, or next year, 2023 still. Right. <laughs> we prevented the uh, the dreaded government shutdown, shutdown. Yes. But only until next September. September. And, you know, there's so many new things inside this one. So um, this is just relating to... Retirement plans, taxes on retirement plans. There are eighty-five different provisions that are in here, and and we're going to get to each and every <laughs> one of. Uh, we'll get to those in just a second. Yeah, probably yeah. won't have time to hit all eighty-five. No, which is which is crazy because um, great for us. I mean, keeps us busy. But now we got to learn all these new yeah. rules that come in over the next couple of years. But some of these things are, are really beneficial oh, to us. So a lot of them are uh, like, it, I was reading it and I was like, I like that. Hey, this is good. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about this 1099 K. Yes. These are the taxable events. We, you know, I, I turn on, um, conservative talk radio and they're like, oh, they're going to yeah. ding us for every... IRS every, is going to yeah. breathe down our neck for everything. Every $5 I yeah. spend, the IRS is going to get a notice on it. Uh, and then I turn it on, you know, uh, liberal channels and they say, hey, what's going on with the IRS? Why yeah. are they wanting to, you know, I just try to sell something on eBay and I got a 1099. Yeah. Um, so what was this supposed to be? Because so they changed it, but what was it It was actually supposed, supposed to, be? to be where they were kind of watching the people that are self-employed that might be a reseller on Amazon. They're buying an item and they're reselling it and making a profit. It Basically, as long as they had less than 200 transactions or $20,000 in revenue, a 1099 was never was issued. Was never issued. They could issue – they could make up to 19999 bucks, and it would never show on the radar scope. The IRS figured that out, and they're like, wait, wait. And you could do it in multiple – you could do it PayPal. You could do it you know, Amazon. You could do it wherever. You could do 19999 With PayPal. Bucks. And, and then move to somebody else. Nineteen ninety with a the cash app or yeah. something. Um, go to Square or Block or whatever they're called now and do nineteen thousand. You know, so and this was a way for people to do stuff and not have to pay taxes. Yes. So they came back and they said, nope, any trans just six hundred bucks or more, it's going to issue a ten ninety nine k. And we've I've seen it uh, last uh, year. There were multiple people who had ten ninety nine ks out there. Um, it's easy to address because they were just sending their kids money, so it has a basis. It doesn't. It's not a taxable gain. You just have to report it. But they've now given us a one-year exemption on this. It's not going to go into play for 2023. Could come back in 2024. Um, so uh, let me ask you this: I, I had this this beautiful idea of of taking wine bottles and removing the tops of a yeah. glass cutter, filling it with wax and, and selling candles. Yeah. Uh, I was like, this is a genius idea. And then I go online and there's tons of people already <laughs> doing it. You know, I just, whoops, uh, what a great idea. Yeah. But if I was doing that out of my garage and selling them online and selling exactly. them on Etsy or whatever, if I didn't hit $20,000 in sales. Or 200 transactions. Or 200 transactions. Never report. I never technically. You go, oops, I oops, forgot I forgot to report it. that. Yeah. And, you know, that's just tax-free. Yeah. Uh, income to me. Yeah. So this is part of what the IRS is, I say, enforcement side. They're going to try and come back and figure out where is all this stuff at. Because they're saying you are supposed to declare that, but we never found out about exactly. it. Exactly. Because of the way that, that the tax code was written previously. You're not getting away with, you know. Exactly. You're not 
not supposed to declare that. You just didn't, didn't have to. Yeah, and avoided it. And really, there was no – they wouldn't kick in, off. Right. In the if, tax code, it still said you have to declare yeah. that, but there was never any mechanism to, report to force it. me to do you that. You should be on your honor to say, oh, I made right. $10,000 here, and you report it on your tax return. Everything's great. So uh, this year uh, or next year, if I – did that, and I'm complaining. Oh, I have to pay taxes on this now. Well, I was always supposed to be to paying first taxes in the yes. first place. I just didn't. Didn't. Yeah. Um, so they're not coming in here to nickel and dime us. No, it's they're it, coming in here to, to to enforce people to say, "Hey, you could get a 1099 issue, 1099 K. It's not a nightmare. It's not a bad deal. You could offset it on a tax return. It's super simple. If you're not small business, if you're small business, you have to now throw it into your your actual income, right. report it, and go from there. But they gave us a one-year reprieve on this. And um, I heard I heard it was because they realized, oh, my gosh, we're not ready for this. Pretty much. That's the problem. Right. <laughs> we, we, it was a great idea, but the infrastructure has been built doesn't, out. It doesn't exist. So you, guys got, yeah. uh, you guys get a break this year. Yeah. So, what about but, all those 1099Ks that I have already? Can I just rip them up and throw them out? No, God, no. Okay. <laughs> you got to report them. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, anything that you have sitting there, you have to still report it on your tax return. But if, it's, if, you, if you are not a business, if you just sold stuff on eBay to get rid of it, you have a basis for that. Um, that bicycle, you paid 100 bucks for it. You sold it for 80 bucks. Technically, it's a loss, but don't go down that path. It's just write it off at 100 so there's ways to do that. Report it on your tax return just basically as a push. You're reporting the income. You're showing, hey, I had a basis for it, and then you go from there. Technically, according to the federal government and the IRS and the tax code, if I sell – if I buy a treadmill for $2,000 mm-hmm. and then I realize that it's more of a clothes hanger than it is a, a daily workout machine yes. – and I sell it for $1,000. I mean, we do this on the yard sale every single day. It's technically a loss. Uh, it's technically a loss. But am I supposed to be declaring that as income? Am I supposed to no, be? No, not as, as long as you're not a reseller and you do it from a, a profit A one-time kind it's of It's a one-time deal. But it, let's say you did it on uh, eBay. Um, that $1,000 under this concept would show up. And you'd be like, hey, I'm going to get a 1099K. 1099K for 1000 bucks. Why? Well, you paid two for it. You're right. not going to try and take a, de- uh, a, a deduction. You just say, "Hey, I sold it. I bought it for a thousand. I sold it for a thousand. But I hand you. I come in to do my taxes with with Jeff. And is this is this making our taxes going to be a lot more difficult yes. going forward? Yes. So <laughs> it adds another couple of forms and a bunch of questions right. as to. And if you do all this stuff, maybe now's the time to give Jeff a call. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but I hand you. I said I sold this treadmill. They gave me a ten ninety nine k. You would know what to do with it and say, look, this yeah. isn't a business. This is just yeah. a guy it's, that realized he wasn't using his treadmill. Exactly. Wanted it out of the room. And we can make sure that it doesn't count as, as, as taxable me, income. Yeah, it's selling not, stuff. Because you bought it for two, you, you unloaded it for 1000 It's a loss. But you're not trying to take a loss on the tax return. That's a whole nother. And if I sold a thousand treadmills, that's different. Then I would be a reseller. And this is you're a reseller, some sort and it's a business. business. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, if you are a reseller, or if you're somebody that does a lot of selling, if you're a, a yarder and you happen to still be listening to the Big Five Fifty, uh, give Jeff a call six three six three nine four five five two four. This is the only way that you'll be able to really, truly do your taxes if you have someone else do them for you. Yeah, exactly. Almost next to impossible even today, and it's only just going to get more difficult as the IRS is trying to enforce these laws. Now, the $1.7 trillion budget up until September hit. It's 4,000 pages long. Yes. 4,000 plus pages long. 4,155 pages long. But there are some things in here that we're going to get into over the next couple of weeks. We don't have couple enough time. Weeks. It's, this is huge. You um, said there's 85 different things in here. That re- pertain strictly to retirement, retirement planning. Just to retirement. Just to retirement. And they're good. The bulk of them are good. So of the 4,155 pages, on page 2046, it's called the Secure Act 2.0 of 2022. So they're getting really good at these naming of these bills. Um, so the actual original Secure Act, I believe, was 2021 uh, when it went into play. This one isn't isn't really like tax law changes. This is stuff for like required minimum distributions. 
um, the reducing of the penalties for the required minimum distribution. Um, all kinds of crazy stuff that's put in this, and this just skims the top of it because this is fresh. Uh, I mean, I think the past, was it Senate, House? Yeah. Uh, Monday last week, whoever the last ones are, they both, both Senate, Senate and House yeah. voted on it. They passed it. And then uh, the Senate pushed it through. Yeah. And then president signed it Friday. So basically we're off to the races. So the way that the RMD works and we could do a whole show on RMD. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A required minimum <laughs> distribution. Yeah, we probably should. Um, and if you have any questions about your required minimum distribution, give Jeff a call, 636-394-5524. The way that it is now, or the way that it used to be <laughs> there's, is at 70 and a half. Yeah. This is the way that it always was before the first For ever and ever and ever and ever. <laughs> 70 and a half, you'd have to take out, uh, start taking stuff out. Yes. The year in which you turned 70 and a half. You had to start taking out. The number stayed the same with 3.65% the first year. So if you had a $100,000 IRA, you were taking thirty six fifty out. You had to pay tax on it. You could go park it in another account. They didn't care what you did with it. You just had to take it out. And the idea is that you save this money tax deferred. Uh, it comes on my paycheck, and before the tax man takes his share of it, I dump it into an IRA. Sure. Or 401K. Or 401K. Five, 10, 20, 40 years later, uh, it's still growing in an account. It's all been tax deferred, and the government's saying, look, when you take that money out, we're yep. gonna, that's when we're going to tax you that's on it. That's when that partnership comes but into play. <laughs> you can't just keep hanging on to this money until yeah. you're 90, 100 years old. We, we need our taxes. Yeah. So they instituted this, this required minimum distribution to make you take it out, even if force you didn't it. need it. Don't need it. They it force you to take up. it out because they're like, we need our tax money and we need it now. Yeah. Um, you've had it long enough. Yeah. So before Secure Act version one, yeah. um, it was 70 and a half is when it kicked in. But if I passed away and I left it to my son. They could do what's called a beneficial IRA or a stretch IRA, non-spouse. Um, and literally, they got to stretch it for their entire lifetime. They could use it for their retirement. It was a great thing. He can, he can hang on to it yeah. and let it still, he takes you know. A, a minimum little, based on his life expectancy, he takes a little bitty, you know, distribution each year. But the bulk of the money is left for his retirement. Great deal. IRS came along with the, the original SECURE Act, and they went, well, we know we'll never see tax dollars on that. Yeah. The, so, whole, the whole point <laughs> Of the RMD was we need the tax, the tax money. dollars, <laughs> and then you know you die and give it to your son, and we're yep. we're not getting our tax dollars because yeah. he's he's going to sit on it for another Forever. thirty years. So then they said, okay, we'll make a deal. We're going to give you till age seventy two, but we're going to take away the stretch or the beneficial IRA provision. If I die and leave it to my son, he now has ten years in which to pay the tax. So it's it. you know he, I leave him a million dollars in an IRA. He got has to take a hundred thousand dollars out every ten because every you got year. you got growth on that going forward. So you'd have a hundred thousand plus growth as you go forward. And he has to pay the taxes yeah, on that, it, whatever his tax rate is. Right. So you go, ooh, well now they've come up with this crazy one, which basically start in January one of twenty twenty three. It pushes RMD out to age seventy three. And you go, okay. All right. So <laughs> Still they gave us another under, year. Another year. But the, it's even cooler because then what takes place is the, it's another step up in the year 2033. So basically 10 years in the future. It's age 75. So it's basically there's now four different calculations for RMD going at the same time. So, so if, if you are of a certain age, which is me, uh, I'm not going to see you will 75. Be 75. Uh, for another, you know, thirty years, so I'm, I'll be at seventy five. Mm -hmm. But if you're sixty five right now, um, you know, you might hit. You're going to be. You're going to in the one of these different stages. <laughs> in the stages, if you're seventy right now, you're gonna. You're gonna be. Yeah. You're gonna be kind of going up when this goes up. Yes. So, um, these are things that will change as as the years go by, but it pertains to everybody that everybody. has a tax deferred yes. IRA account. Yeah, and that's so going this right is now. this is the tip of the iceberg. And when it comes to RMDs, you do not want to miss a payment. As the law sits today, it's pretty nasty. It's a fifty percent penalty for failure to do your. Or, or, I say a correct RMD. 
even if you goof up the calculation. It's a 50% penalty on whatever you did not take out. Kind of expensive. Now what they're doing is they're going to come in and they're going to say that if you basically, they're going to reduce it to 25%. So that's a 50, you know, 50% reduction right there. Um, and then if you, if you fix your, or you correct your failure to take your required minimum distribution, and they say in a timely manner, which we haven't dug deep enough to know what, what the heck is a timely yeah, what's, manner. What's the grace period? Is it a week? Is it five days, a month, three months? It's probably 60 days. Um, they'll reduce it to 10%. So it's going from a 50% penalty to a 10% penalty. If um, I fix it. Yes. And then what they're also throwing on there is it's basically a 10% penalty exception for retirement plan distributions in the event of domestic abuse, um, however that would play into the tax law. Mm -hmm. And then what they're saying is if you have a terminal illness, here's the issue. You get people that get sick. Um, they forget to take their RMD. They're sick. They're in the hospital. They don't feel good. They're not reading. I haven't mail. been able to see my tax guy because, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, just anything. And in the past, if they didn't do their RMD, boom, 50% penalty. Now, if you have a terminal Ill illness, they're waiving the penalty completely. Okay. So some pretty cool stuff that they're putting in there, and that is the tip of the iceberg. Tip of the iceberg. And, Jeff, let's talk RMDs all next week because yeah. things are changing. <laughs> But as of right now, I'm 73 years old, January 1st hits, I have the whole year. You have the whole to year take to take out take my it. full yes. RMD. So play this game. If the market is performing, market isn't currently, right. um, but if it's performing and you're making money, leave it. If you don't need the cash. Um, leave it till December 31st. Leave it till the last week of December and take it out. Yeah. We have clients who use it to pay the real estate tax, personal property tax. Um, different stuff. Some take half for a trip in the summer, use the other half in December to pay the taxes. But take it out yes. throughout the course of the year or else yeah. you'll get, you're going to get hit with that. Well, you get hit. So if the market's moving and you don't need the cash, sit on it. Leave it as long as you possibly can in that account because it's time value. It'll still grow. Money. It's exactly. still growing in there. But the way we sit currently and the, the projections for 2023 are not happy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's needless to say. Um, it could change though, but the issue with rising interest rates, um, you know, just everything kind of getting weird. Um, so if the market's not performing, pull it. You might want to take it out. Yeah. So here's here's the other side. In 2022, you more than likely, if unless it was sitting in a bank CD, if your RMD or your IRA was out there in a brokerage account, you lost money. You probably lost money, yeah. So the calculation is tonight at midnight – they do a calculation. That's what your uh, values are based upon for 2023's calculation. So you lost 20% of 100 grand. They're not basing it on 100,000. It's 80,000, and it goes December 31st calculation. Hmm. So if that sort of makes sense to you, and you want to find out more, give Jeff a call 636-394-5524. If you are in retirement currently, or you're headed there within. Uh, five to ten, five oh, yeah. to seven years, give Jeff a call and just say, hey, I need to start worrying about these taxes. Yeah, worrying about the taxes because the RMD is fully taxable. You know, the concept is do you convert to a Roth? You're prepaying your taxes early, but you're moving it from your right pocket to your left pocket, and you won't pay taxes anymore on it. And it's not subject, a Roth is not subject to required minimum distribution. So many more questions about this, Jeff, but we got to button it up yep. and put it on hold because we've got a lot of parties to get to tonight. That's right. <laughs> so Happy New Year, everybody. Yes, Happy New Year. And in 2023, you've got some taxable events coming up. I just know it. <laughs> and the Secure Act 2.0 of 2022 is right. going to come in full effect. So things that you need to know are still out there. So join us again next week. It's Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group, 636-394-5524. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you. See you next year. You've been listening to Keep What's Yours with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Manager at Capital Advisory Group. To learn more, call 636-394-5524 or visit capitaladvisorygrp.com.